This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to the No Ratings Podcast. We have more debuts than we've ever had before. And I've said this on a different video we've just recorded, but this is a full Somali cast and I'm very, very happy about it. I say full, I'm obviously not Somali, so um, I'm just like the side piece today. Uh, but I'll take it. I'm delighted to have this cast. We've got Remedy, we've got Star Player, and we've got Fadumo as well. Uh, and as always, we get a fun fact from... Uh, debutants. So, stars, have you got a fun know, fact for us? I mentioned, you know, we're going to a topic, and then I'm like, hey, my fun fact is this. <laughs> I mean, last five minutes, I've been thinking about what is fun. <laughs> maybe just a fact that maybe someone doesn't know about you. But I've got to make it fun now. Like, the word fun sticks out. Like, I can't just randomly throw a fact. It'll be boring. <laughs> I, I want to tell the audience something very random whilst you ever think. Uh, we used to play five-a-side together, and let me tell you, Stars has got an absolute rocket of a right foot. Like, from <laughs> his own half, he's pinging them in, and everyone just runs out of the way. Mad times. Um, that was way back when, when you were at, was it, you were at uni in Scunthorpe, or you lived in Scunthorpe? No, I lived in Scunthorpe. I was in uni in London. Yeah, that, so that never made any sense to me. Like, you were like the most Londoner person ever, but you lived in Scunthorpe. I was so confused, bro. I, I, I was don't, like, that's the one, I, I've never understood that. Like, they'll hear me speak, and it will be like, it will be like, pro, like even when when I when we started playing football, like my accent was just up north. It wasn't the way it is now. <laughs> nah, it wasn't, bro. It was definitely down south. But I, I, I remember playing with you. I wasn't like it was early into my uni days. Yeah, brother, like, you sounded like you were from London. I promise you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, I'll let you ponder your fun fact. Fadumo, have you got a fun fact for us? No, okay. I don't know if it, okay, I don't know if it's fun or like I'm incriminating myself a little bit. But um, <laughs> so I was <laughs> I was working at the London 2012 Olympics, like catering staff at um, one of their things in Eton Dorney. Long story short, but one of the boxes that ended up where I was working was the box that had like all of these black small boxes. And I just took it, not thinking anything of it, because, you know, my job said to took it all the way and dumped it with everything else. Turns out later that afternoon that the medals ceremony was happening and the medals were missing. <laughs> so <gasps> it had to be cool, but <laughs> if you had to come back for a medal ceremony, it was just like because of that. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Oh, they found the medals and it was fine, fine. It was someone that put them in the wrong place and I just, I didn't know because I was oh. 
Oh my god. Right, I thought I was going to say, and maybe we might have to cut this bit out because I feel like <laughs> next time we speak to you, you're going to be in jail. <laughs> no, I don't think they found the medals and everyone got their medals. It's fine. It wasn't a problem. I think. Crazy, crazy. You don't see me at um, Sky, you know why. Oh, it makes sense. Star struggling with a fame that he can't even pull out a, a fob back. It, a lot's happening here. You know, so we're only, <laughs> only a few minutes into the pod. A lot of things have happened. Well, I'm thinking of something that's made me happy, kind of thing. That's a fact. Like, obviously, like, if you used to say, okay, cool, like, like you know how I remember, like, oh, I've met this person or whatever, but it just, yeah, yeah. Like, I've met, I've met, like, you, like you said, I've met, I've, I've met, like, Roberto Carlos and, like, Cthulhu and stuff. And, but it's... Stars, are you stupid, bro? You could have just said, I filmed a video with Mikhail Arteta. Are you, like, are you stupid, bro? <laughs> but it doesn't, it's not a fun fact, though. Like, but that is a fun fact. It, it is. is. Yeah, it is. I want to hear about the day. Um, it was, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say it like, yeah, it was fun in terms of we went to the Arsenal training ground, which was fun. And then the pitch was carpet as well. I, I didn't, I want to take my shoes off. That's how nice it felt. Uh, I think we were the last people to shoot with him. So obviously I thought, oh yeah, he's filmed all day with everyone else. So he's just going to be aggy because he just wants to leave, if that makes sense. Mm. But literally the moment, the moment he came on, the energy was there. Like, it was such a nice guy. Loving. Like, just, like even with me, it was just grips a man up for no reason. And I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, whoa, like, what's going on here? Your Arteta and stuff. But, nah, it was, that, that was a very cool experience. Definitely filming with Arteta. Just casually throwing it out there. Yeah, fair play. Um, well, I, I was, I'm, I'm a th- okay, cool. I'm going to throw that one. That, that was a throwaway story. I'm going to try to find another one that I actually <laughs> enjoyed. <laughs> But we've been recording for 10 minutes to talk about fun stories. That is crazy. <laughs> hey, this is the magic of the pod. I just want to say for stars and all those that listen to the other pod, you don't get this on SDS. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. Sharky knows I love him. <laughs> um, moving swiftly on. We've added a new segment, um, mainly because I feel like there's loads of stories on the internet like every single week. And because this pod is essentially a bunch of ethnic folk, I feel some of these like tweets and stories really relate to us more than they do to other people um so this this week's tweet was um from someone called berlin but the he's, but he's, he's a, that's I mean, my friend bro that's my well friend. you know this guy that's berlin that's my friend no, like I mean, real life friend or like internet friend. Right, it's my guy he's, i know him oh no way well this tweet went absolutely massive like <laughs> his his tweet said Banging ball with white nine to five guys is so clear. I just want to clarify, I'm not being racist. This is the words of the tweet. No arguing, no wallahi's straight football. And some of the quote tweets had me dying. Um, let me give you the first one. And then we'll talk about the this nine to five situation for those that don't really understand. Um, <laughs> Kareem said, when you miss a sit and hear chin up chap instead of mother's life, I'm never playing with you again. <laughs> with the Mourinho <laughs> meme of Mourinho crying after Roma won the Europa. It's a funny thing because me, uh, Stars, um, Sharky and a few other guys used to play fives. Yeah. And um, it, it was kind of like this, isn't it? Like, I feel like anytime you play football or any, yeah, you play any sport with ethnics, I don't know why, but we don't. We're not nice to each other. No, there's there's no such thing as you can. I mean, you can say whatever you want, whatever stays on the pitch. Stays on. Like sometimes you even yeah. see fights on the pitch, or they'll take it outside yeah, and you're friends again. There's no filter when it, with, especially when we play. I don't know why there's just no filter when it comes to football. I feel personal ties kind of go in the bin when you're playing fight. Like 100%. it's different, isn't it? Like oh, I used yeah. to play. Go on, sorry for doing that. No, I think I think I've seen like people who will be like this, but they will refuse to pick one another based on the fact they say baller. I don't want him in my team. But I think it's mad, and I think it's a it's a guy thing, maybe an ethnic guy thing to be precise. Because if I've ever gone to do anything, whether it's a shoot or to see five us, it's like it's their World Cup, and I don't get it. I don't get it. Nah, let <laughs> let me tell you, like. Sorry, sorry. sorry. It's, there's no such thing as bragging rights as well. No. Like after the game, you don't really go how we beat your team. Like, it it yeah. doesn't really happen if you think about no, it. That's it. That's it. You just you go home. Just the game. And obviously, if you're, if you're, <laughs> don't openly say, I didn't pick you because you can't really get annoyed at someone for saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. I was just going to say, like, 
Oh, have we started on the stories? Yeah, that like we oh, could please share. go ahead. Oh man. So basically with when I when I play with my um Hold on, I feel like this is the therapy session. The way you started that, I feel like you've been dying to tell this <laughs> story to someone for a whole minute. <laughs> okay, no. No, I just thought like we'll get into that part because I, I had a story in it. But um well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like categorize them by race or by whatever. Uh, when I was playing with my nine to fivers, I um yeah, with those guys, all they know is fitness. They all know one touch, two touch. There's no dribbling when it comes to them. If if you dribble and you like mess up, chin up, lad. So my story was I was through one on one. So I took it around the keeper. I skied it. I'm talking about open goal, skied onto the other pitch. It was horrible. Okay. Around. And I just pretended to hold my hamstring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did not think about that. <laughs> didn't hold my hamstring. I was like, ah. I went to the floor, started rolling. I said, oh, man, I've got a hefty, hefty cramp. They all came running over. They stopped the game. Mate, are you right? Are you right? <laughs> you just sit up. Hey, are you good? And I was like, yeah, I just, I just missed the opportunity. I just, I got a bad cramp. And they were like, chin up, son. Get back into the game. And yeah, I, I had a howler. You did a ball afterwards? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they, Shameless, uh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just, I, I lost the ball 10 other times after that. They didn't get too mad. But yeah, uh, I was playing like Bruno that game. <laughs> Wait, was this five aside? No, 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 no. This is like solid. This is okay. Do you know Westway? Uh, I think so. Yeah. These their pitch. Uh, it's the okay. You know the A forty. Is it underneath the, the bridge? Right. Yes, yes. It's yeah, underneath yeah, the yeah. bridge when you're going towards central London. Yeah, it's I get yeah. It's I've, like I've... a huge eight aside, nine aside pitch. I thought you were saying five-a-side, which is what I was like, wait, you took on a keeper and you put it over to the next pitch no. in five-a-side. I was like, you're, <laughs> no, you're, impossible. you're shit, bro. I was like, just retire now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Fadubu, you said that like ethnics take it really seriously. We play every Thursday um, like with like my local guys. Everyone is of colour, um, different backgrounds. Every week we play me and my brother will have a genuine 40 minute dice, like absolutely dissect the game after like talk about, Oh, you know, like that guy at the back, I won't mention his name in case he listens to the pod. I mean, I know for a fact he does that guy at the back, man, he lets the team down every week. Should we just kick him out of the group next week and just go, it's like a tech error and then bring him back the week after. Um, we've done it to him a few times and he's, and, and I think he's caught on because now he's like, I'm, he basically says I'm not playing. Um, but no, bro, I swear to God, like everyone thinks I'm the worst person in the world. Let me just clarify. He is so bad. And we play five aside and you get one brother who's just terrible. It ruins the game for everyone else. So actually, I'm doing a good community service. I'm making the game better for everyone. You're, you're, you're nice, but you're evil with it. <laughs> like, Listen, like you said, we've had similar situations exactly like that where someone's shit. But we'll just say... I beg you, don't come next week. You're shit. <laughs> That's <laughs> so much worse. You'd rather, rather say that up front to him, or in a, like you said after the, after the game, we'll have a group chat, talk about it, whatever, and we'll be like, yeah, like you're shit. Like you shouldn't even play. Shouldn't be playing the session. So we're but trying to bully I, him into I think not that's playing. No, nah, that's worse than that. My brother, my brother-in-law, fully told my brother the wrong date. So I don't think I think there are worse type of scenarios. As fully said to him, our Thursday is done now. We'll do it on Fridays. <laughs> they don't do it on Fridays. Oh. Actually, really, I've got a story along along the lines of like evilness, like like yeah, yeah. similar to what you said, um, Rambo. So basically, yeah, we was playing five aside, like just uh, with friends, just to kick it. <laughs> so one guy was playing, yeah, and he hyped himself up to be a good footballer. So even before we've seen him kick ball, he'll basically come up to us and be like, yeah, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm better. Than you. Like for a person that's never kicked. And it, he didn't look like he could, he could play football. I'm like, one of those demos were like, when you look at him, you're like, he can't play football. So yeah. he came to the sh- sesh. He stunk it up. <laughs> I, I 
No, how bad are we talking? No, no, but how bad are we talking? What, what happens is, because obviously, once he came to the first session, sorry, everyone was dialed in because no one was trying to make him look good. So when he had the ball, <laughs> if there was a 50-50 going into it, you're playing, you're treating him like you're playing someone random. So yeah. after the session, obviously, he stunk it up or whatever is in it. And then we have, we play like a local seven-a-side weekly, basically. And that's where like the serious players play. So I remember we saw him there. And then I was like, I was like, what the hell? Like, I was like, what, what are you doing here? Kind of thing? You're like, what are you? I, 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 was the, I was one of them people that said, your shit is lower, kind of thing. I was those kind of so I looked at him, I was like, who brought him here, basically, innit? And one of my boys was like, one of my boys, he couldn't say he played football, innit? So basically, when we was making a list and stuff, he was like, I'm in. So we all aired it. So he was in the chat and we all aired it in it. So we just put all the names down. And then my boy, who didn't watch him play football, that knows him, put him on the list. But when we got to football, I was like, how the hell, how on earth did this guy get here? And then, um, so obviously, he played in it. And what he did was, he messaged my boy, because he didn't know he played football. So obviously, my boy's like, yeah, like, he's a very nice guy. So he's like, oh, yeah, jump on the pitch kind of thing. So came to it, seven aside, he was out of his depth. Like, you know, I was like, honestly, he couldn't hack it. He was that, like, literally, it got to the point, yeah, because he was playing with people that, it was bear in mind, it was, just a, it was a full-on Somali session. So he was playing with people, like, that that we knew that he didn't know if that makes sense. If that makes sense. So when he was mm. playing, like, five of their teammates, as I was driving, like, as I was walking past and stuff, whilst we were playing, he goes, Wallah, I'm not giving this guy a ball. He's so bad. Like, why? Like, <laughs> like, it got to the point, yeah? I got to the point where they're like, Wallahi, if he gets played, if he's playing next week, I'm not in. And bear in mind, it was like, it was on the side, five of them came up to me and said that. And I looked at oh, them and wow. said, hey, it was not me. It was, it was my other friend that put him in. I said, don't look at me. I said, I already, I said, I know he's already shit. I don't put the blame on me. So, actually, the week after, I think he tried to put his name in the list. But then he he pulled out himself and said, oh, I have to do something. Yeah, he knew the level. <laughs> he knew it was like, done. He knew it was done. I was done. like, evil. I'm not going to lie to you. I was evil because I'm a person, I, I, can call, I hold grudges. When it's football, sometimes I hold grudges. So obviously he was one of the person that pointed a finger at me and said, I'm better than you. And I was like, I haven't seen you kick ball. Like, you shouldn't be saying stuff like that. And then, obviously, when he said, yeah, I'm not here next week, I said, brother, even if you was here, we'll lie not play. <laughs> so, yeah, going to that nine to five, that was one of my stories. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest, yeah, like, when I played in London, we obviously played loads of time, right. me, Stars, and some of the other guys. Um, I loved them games purely for the fact that, like, we could chat about it for, like, the next four days. <laughs> But the nine to five guys was the safest, easiest game to play in. Like, cause I was, cause I'm a man of color. They already think I'm the best player on the pitch, <laughs> and I'm like, bro, there isn't even a South Asian playing in the Premier League. How are you rating me so highly? No, and it's, I'll the take it. that, it's the fact that everything is sorted out. The balls are there, the bibs yeah. are there. There's a designated goalie sometimes. Like someone that is actually comes there's to go and go. There's a lot going on. But there's everything. Uh, Handed out towels after the game. Yeah, what do you think of that, mate? Like everything. <laughs> Like nine to five guys, they just know what they want because they don't have time to waste. They just finish their job. Yeah, so they, they, they turn up be- on time. The biggest thing for me is, and I, I think whatever I, I don't, I don't know if this is a massive generalization, but I would say ninety percent of people of our backgrounds are late to everything. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah. I have officially no, no, no. I, yeah, I have officially stopped playing football with Somalis. I'll be honest. I have, <laughs> I have, honestly, well, I hear that. I hear that. Uh, yeah, I have officially because everything is so seamless when I play with the nine to fivers. When it comes to Somalis, we have to tell them, yeah, we're yeah, yeah, yeah. Come at night, like come at eight when we're starting at nine thirty or something. <laughs> hey, they're still like late, that. bro. They still turn up at quarter to ten. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, come so we can we, we will pray and then we'll go play. They still come after prayer anyway. You know and I'm like, you know what? Remedy. You know the worst thing is, there's people that actually get there on time. So if we keep ball at eight, they'll get there at seven thirty. They're just chilling outside till about eight fifteen, eight thirty, and then they'll they'll come inside at eight thirty. But I remember, oh, I remember them, them, the them telling them, "Yo, say not. Like, I'll see you guys inside." They're just chilling in their cars or something, man. It's the worst. I don't know, man. Yeah. Right, um, 
Let's talk about real life football. But just before we do, actually, I've just found this tweet, which is great. It's from Eunice. It's, it's regarding the same thing. He said the football group chat after our session last week. However, I am out. The enjoyment of the game is simply gone. When <laughs> I ignoring you, when you are the simple pass, you know you are simply. <laughs> I apologize for any inconvenience and I wish you all the best. However, voila, I'm done. <laughs> 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 I cannot oh, tell you how man. many times I've seen messages like these. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about the football. Two Premier League conversations and football in general. Um, hell of a weekend, as always. Brighton beating Chelsea, Liverpool losing again. But we talk about Liverpool all the time on the pod, naturally. Uh, so we're not going to talk about Liverpool, um, even though Stars is a big Liverpool fan. Um, De Bruyne scoring a worldie. And then lots of other undertones and other significant things that happened. Uh, let's quickly talk about Brighton and Chelsea because we spoke about Chelsea on last week's pod. And for those that didn't listen, uh, I'm sure you three did. Um, Potter got smashed by um, his old club. And last week, Sakib said that Potter is a very boring manager. Uh, he doesn't enjoy watching Potter ball. Who said he this? thinks it's Sakib, who was on the pod last oh, week. Cool. Um, he, he, he basically doesn't think Potter is this great manager that people are talking about, where they like his story, and now obviously he's better looking because he's sorted his fade out. Um, for Numa, Brighton 4, Chelsea 1. Not many people saw it coming. Is there a bigger thing going on here with Chelsea where they've got a mishmash of players and Potter's got a job to do, or is it just a case of this is pure Barclays where anything can happen any week? I think it's a mixture of both. Definitely the the pure Barclays centre of it, but also the fact that, I don't know if you saw, but Graham Potter was pitch side with Thomas Frank, I think it was. I think I think maybe it was Amazon Prime or BT Sport, whatever. Mm. Anyway, and he was, I think he was asked a question about why he changes his formation so much and why he's always rotation, rotating stuff. And I think he gave some answer around the fact that he does it to fit the style of play. So if the formation changes through the play, he has to fit to that, which kind of makes sense to some degree. But I also think sometimes the inconsistency will eventually catch up with you a bit and not having your strong 11 that reliable. I know we've got up, the opposite problem in some teams where they will ride and die for their players, but if you don't have a sense of who your best 11 are all the time, it will catch up to, with you eventually. Um, so, yeah, I don't... And also, if anyone should know Brian, like the back of their hand, it should be grandpa. So if there's, there's no worse place to lose in a place where you just come from a few weeks back. It was a... Bit of a weird one. I'm going to just quickly come to the thing you said um, about Thomas Frank and Graham Potter doing that interview together. I feel like, Remedy, this was something you love to see. Am I right or am I right? Oh, yeah, 100%. What I like to see is like managers asking each other why they would do a certain thing because you it gives the audience an understanding of what a manager is doing. But it, what it also does, it allows the... So probably they'd have this conversation behind closed doors so it's interesting for us to see and they're picking up on each other okay so you did this okay so i tried to do why to counteract etc etc so that's something that was super interesting to see it like it's only something you'd see on amazon was it on amazon i think it was on amazon right yeah also i think on on that point on that point i think it's one of those like managers can not fob off isn't the right word but as in Fans will almost believe what, or they can give it a story or of like, we tried our best, you know, as a team effort, that type of stuff. But I think when another manager is asking those questions, they can't really hide behind all that fluffy stuff. So you kind of actually get real answers into the insight of managers in some type of way. But do you think that's yeah, because totally of the managers? Like, you know, like, you, like we all know like that Thomas Frank and like Graham Park, they're like the new gen and they love like... They're, they're like the new school kind of manager, managers. So they like the in-depth questions and like the formation change and all that stuff. Like I, I wouldn't see something like Neil Warnock ask Potter like proper manager questions because I don't think he really cares too much. Whereas like, you know, like you got the Thomas Franks, the Arteta's, Graham Potter's, Peps, where I think they'll go into depth and ask the other manager, like, why did you do this? Like, why did you change this at like, this time? Or, and all that stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't know, man. I think I think like with the older generation, they're less willing to probably like share how they feel. Yeah, 100%. in terms of like um because they're just like, yeah, Brexit ball, yeah, we know how we want to play. You guys play how you want to play. But these new guys, they're obviously trying to learn from each other and trying to improve. So and because it helps them learn off each other, it helps us as well. Yeah. Because 
like the f- average football fan is a bozo. Yeah, they don't really know nothing about tactics. They don't really know anything about. They just watch football. They're like, all right, cool. I want my team to win. But if you get a deeper understanding of what you're seeing on the TV, it's more so like, oh, okay, so that's what he did. Okay, I understand that a bit more. Not just he played four four two. Yeah, mm. but I think as well, like certain couple, like certain managers, you can tell they're just player managers. They're not like the tactical. Like I think Sir Alex, one of the, Sir Alex was one of those people where he wasn't tactically with it. That's why he used to always change his like backroom staff like every two, three years. Like you see Phil Whelan, you see that Mulis. Is it Mulisan? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Carlos Quarez, like he kept changing it because he wanted something fresh. Like he knew how to get the best out of his players, but when it came to like the tactical side, me personally, that's how I saw it. Because I remember I even asked like Kieran Richardson about it when when I remember when he was on the pod and he was exactly like his, he he followed what I said because Sir Alex didn't really do like much of the tactics. He did tactics here and there, but it was mainly the other one like behind. I think that's probably because the games developed a lot. Like even when. Like every, I'm literally looking at this weekend's results and I'm going through each manager in my head and I'm just thinking every single manager in the league, near enough, probably 15 out of 20, is uh, essentially a, a tactico, like someone who tinkers tactics, tinkers players or tries things. Whereas I think back in them days, if you think about the managers that were doing really well, they, they mainly were managers who um, could try and get the best out of each and every single player that they had available to them. Um, back to Brighton Chelsea. Just so I want people's thoughts on Graham Potter because he is one of these like, um, what's the term? Like a bit of a cult hero figure because he obviously managed in Austria. He came to Brighton. Brighton played really good football. Got a couple of big results. Then they've obviously spanked Chelsea. Well. Say again. He was at Swansea at one point, right? Graham Potter. Yeah, he was at Swansea as well. Knowledge. Um, Rimini, are you a Potter fan or are you uh somewhere in the middle? Um. I like Graham Potter, but uh, yeah, I think what his mistake is, he tinkers too much. And I think when you tinker too much, it means that you don't really have a crazy philosophy for yourself. And I just feel that, for example, certain Chelsea games, like he will start with one system and then change to another and then change to another. And for a team like Chelsea, you need your one set system, like I don't know, Pep has or Arteta has, and really just go and make small little tweaks to it. But when Pot is changing every single week and doing this and doing that, it just, it, yeah, I don't know. It, sometimes, sometimes it leaves a lot of the room to be desired. Like that's, that's the phrase, no? Uh, I don't, Something I don't... like that. You understand what I meant? Yeah, I, I completely understand what you meant. I don't think that's the same. A lot of room to be desired. But I made it up. Uh, a lot <laughs> of something also, to be desired. Also, yeah. on that point, I think when you've got those type of systems where there's a lot of... You get inconsistency in results and players' form. So you've only got to look at mm. Raheem Sterling, like with Chelsea. This game, shocker. Like, gave away the ball so many chances. But when you've looked at him in other games, some of the earlier games with Graham Potter, he was a completely outstanding. And... It's like when you don't have those type of set systems, those players almost become, you don't know which player you're going to get on that day. That kind of like links nicely to someone like Trossard. I felt Trossard is is an inconsistent player because he's not at the absolute elite level um, in terms of like his output wise. But under De Zerbi, he seems to have a better understanding of what the manager wants from him. Whereas I think under Potter, it was more so, can you do a bit of this and can you do a bit of that? Um, I think there's a, a long story to be told about Graham Potter. Uh, we spoke at length about uh, Eddie Howe and Newcastle. Uh, just very quickly, realistically, considering the fact that Liverpool have essentially fallen off, that United are still in transition, that Chelsea are in transition, new manager, that leaves you with City, Tottenham, Arsenal and one other. Stars, do you think Newcastle are genuine top four contenders? Uh, I don't know why. I still feel like it's a bit too early to say even though they're like they should have they should have picked up a point against Liverpool at Anfield where Carvalho was mm. obviously they picked they got a point against um I've got they've got a point against uh, Man City at home I like they have the funds I, I don't see it I feel like they'll stay in till about till about February March and then I think that's when they'll go that, back down to like top seven like, I can see them Potentially finish above like a Liverpool man, not I was gonna say Man City, Liverpool, um, Man United, Chelsea kind of thing. Like, I think I, I don't think it'll be the traditional top seven 
or top six this year. I think Newcastle's took someone's spot, but I don't know which team besides Man City. Remedy, do you think Newcastle top four contenders? Yeah, I think I think Newcastle. You know, I think Newcastle are top four like contenders, like easy, because the metrics are showing how good Newcastle are. Like, if you see the amount of points they picked up in twenty twenty two, the amount of games they control, the amount of games they dominate, I think Newcastle really like. If we're talking about Chelsea and Man United, I think Newcastle up there. They picked up more points than them in this year. They're like scoring more goals. They have a better defensive record. They've only lost one game this season. Why can't we say Newcastle are top four contenders? Hmm, I'm of the opinion that um, the other teams, Chelsea, United, Liverpool, uh, will pull it together post-World Cup. I genuinely think this World Cup in the middle of the season has thrown everything off for a lot of players, for a lot of teams. Um, I won't mention any names, but I think there's definitely players out there that are saving themselves for the World Cup. And I don't blame them at all, by the way, because you've got someone like Jota, who's now going to miss the World Cup. Saka went down injured against Forest. There's other really big names that are missing from the World Cup. So I think I don't argue it. If you're 30 years old, this might be your last World Cup or if you're 29, whatever. Um, so I don't completely blame you. Um, the other massively headline topic this weekend uh, from the games was De Bruyne. And everyone was saying he's the best, not everyone, but most, uh, a lot of people. He's the best Premier League midfielder ever um, for Dumo. De Bruyne. He, he didn't make it into our amazing All-Stars eleven, so maybe not. Yeah, to, to be fair, he played for Chelsea for a very small period of time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I think he is close. Incredibly close. I think what he brings to a team, like how he plays, his passes, his movement, I think is one of the best in the world. And I definitely see him being amongst the greats. No, no, he's the best. He's the best. Let's, let's, let's like... Ever, ever. Man, you, uh, no, I mean... As, what, like, no, go on. No, sorry, I meant as in like, when you when you mean like, yes, he's the best, but in the sense that does this... Bear, holding the fact that he continues in this type of form onwards and nothing holds him down and he doesn't become like a Sanchez and goes to another club and goes all the way downhill. <laughs> like, yes, he's got the potential to be the greatest of all time. I think he's the best right now. I don't know if that will put him in the bracket of being the greatest of all time afterwards, if that makes sense. Me, I think he's the I think he's the best. Like out of like Skulls, Lampard, Gerard, like all that kind of stuff. For me, it's Kevin De Bruyne. I think he is so good. Like he's done it for so many years. And I'm a Gerard fanboy. And I think and I still hold Gerard. I think Gerard is before De Bruyne was going crazy. I, I thought Gerard was the best, but how could you like if you want to talk about league titles, he has that. If you want to talk about like accolades, he has that. If you want to talk about goals, assists, he has that. If you, overall performances, big moments that really sway people's minds in big games, he has that. What doesn't he have? That, that uh, It's only longevity. People are too afraid to say the current people are the best. And I, that's what I'm trying I, to I, change. I agree with you in, on that side. I agree with you on that side. Yeah. Oh, I, don't I don't know, man. Like, Bro, you, 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 I can quote that you said Frank Lampard is the best midfielder. I still have Lampard. Like, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, no, I still have Lampard as the greatest midfielder. But, like, you, people even have arguments to say David Silva's the greatest Man City player. Ahead of. I actually Bruno. think he is. I think he is. Like, bro, like, if you, if, I can't claim someone being the greatest Premier League player ever, like midfielder, sorry. When a player in your team currently, or not currently, a, play, a player that played for your team is argued to be the best ever. You could put him there too. Uh, I, I don't mind. I just think like the current, my, my overall point is the current gen. Like people are too scared to say that the current gen are amongst the Greeks. No, I'll put him in my top 10. Uh, you were Kevin De Bruyne, you top 10. Yeah, i put him in my top 10. Not top 5. At the moment in time, he's in my top seven. At the moment in time, he's in my top seven. <laughs> so I, I, I can't break it down anymore. But you know, you know what is? Yeah. Should I tell you what is with De Bruyne? Yeah? It's like for me, it's he has, like you said, he's had, he's he's done he's done it all. Yes, he's had moments. But with that Man City team, like 
there's phases where he'll he'll be the best for three months and then it'll be Bernardo Silva. Like last year, Hazy mm-hmm. was it for two months. The Bron, I mean, Bernardo Silva was it for like three months. And then like, they, it's like they always take it in turns. And then towards the end, it's like where he steps up and goes, you know what? I'm the best in the last two, three months. He wins them the league. Like like they did, I think was it last year when they beat Wolves like 4-0 and got like a hat-trick to basically yeah. say, hey. Like, okay, okay. What, what does Kevin De Bruyne need to do to like to be number one? Or is he never going to be number no, one? No, you're right. He can't he can generally be number one. But... Uh, you got to look at Champions League. you got to look at Champions League. Like in, in the Champions League, yes, City haven't turned up. But I can't remember. There was a knockout game against Madrid actually where De Bruyne was outstanding. Yeah, but... Generally speaking, if I think to those knockout games, De Bruyne doesn't turn up as much. And that, if if he is Man City's best player right now and has been for the last couple of seasons, like you're saying, but he doesn't turn up in the Champions League against the biggest teams on the biggest nights, then I think that is definitely something he needs to do. I think he's definitely the best passer the Premier League has ever seen. Yeah. What's unfortunate, but like he has... is, sorry, Rama, what's unfortunate about him as well is the finals he did play. I remember he, he came off injured. I think Champions League final and the F is it the FA Cup? FA Cup, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, both yeah. of them. Obviously, it's not it's not his fault, but like both big games he couldn't play the ninety minutes, which does like, affect him as much. Because obviously, I yeah, think that, that's be, true. Would, they would have beat Chelsea in that in the final in Portugal if he didn't come off. I don't know. I think Chelsea won in that game. Like it looked, the story was Chelsea, fit. yeah. Like the way they, they yeah. held it down. But I think the Bruyne for another 25, 30 minutes when Chelsea were playing that low block, I, I like think him. he would have cooked. Mm. Yeah, he could have, honestly. I think that's the only thing missing for me is the Bruyne and the same for City as well. The Champions League. I think if uh, he turns up in a Champions League campaign. And also the thing that stars you said there, like I also feel that at City, they passed the buck around and eventually it lands to De Bruyne because he is the best player in the team. But maybe because he doesn't need to be the best every single week for 38 weeks in a season. Yeah, he, September to December, yeah, he has to be the best. Yeah, they've always got like someone else, like Gundogan did it a couple of seasons right. ago where like for 13 weeks, it was all about Gundogan. So it's, an, it's, it's one where I go... Maybe after he wins the Champions League, I'll revisit. For me, I still have um, two players above him in my list of best Premier League midfielders of all time. He'd be third in my list. Um, and David Silva's mad close because I love David Silva. But the game is so stats orientated now. It's mm. so hard to put a case in for David Silva because um, kids these days question. don't like it. Say again? Can I ask you guys a question? It might sound crazy, but do you know, has... Kevin De Bruyne had a better one like one one season than Yaya Torre did for Man City that year. Has he eclipsed no. one season? Obviously, obviously it could be. Yaya Torre didn't do it for that long, but that's like that's you know that's seventeen thing eighteen as well. Only, only like, seventeen eighteen, yeah. Is that the season you give De Bruyne that was better than Yaya's best season at Man City? Like you know, like no, I wouldn't say it's better. No, I'm saying like that, that could compete. Okay. I don't know what the best is. Yeah, yeah. But I say 17 18 because that year he was just unbelievable. That was a Saturian season for Basic. Yeah. He was unbelievable. And the seasons after he got injured loads, so it's hard to put him there. Right, but, right. but yeah, but De Bruyne has more consistency, and that's why people like right. rank him higher. But if you want to talk about like one off seasons, yeah, yeah, you have to put him there too. But I think that yeah, yeah, one off season is up there with one of the best one off seasons yes. from any midfielder yes. in the Premier League, exactly. Um, so. In that case, I think it's difficult to, to compare. Um, but anyway, we're going to go for a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Anthony and that skill that had many people on the internet fuming and others, like myself, not angry at all. Here we go then. We started the pod with a dark story. I'm <laughs> finishing the pod with a dark topic. Uh, Anthony did this skill, which is his skill that he loves doing. If you haven't seen it, you clearly live under a rock. Um, played a pass that went out of play. And then he was absolutely berated on the internet to the point where he had to put out an Instagram story saying, 
I'm living my life. I'm doing me. Firstly, opinions on the skills. Stars, I'll start with you. What was your feeling when that happened and the I, uproar after? I was living through Twitter. I don't, I don't really watch my night games like that. I'm not gonna, unless it's after the night. I don't really, oh, I want to see my night lose. Um, I don't think, there was nothing wrong with it. Like, as you guys said, like, if, if we did that skill and the pass was p- perfect, no one would say anything. I think, like I said, it'll be on TikToks, it'll be on highlight reels. But it's the fact that he messed up with the pass. It's what got people talking. But with Brazilians, like, they like to show personality on the pitch. That's what everyone screams at. Like, even before Anthony signed, he was doing that skill at Ajax. The flip-flaps, that skill. Like, everyone's always wanted to see players express themselves. As you said earlier, Jack Grealish, when he has the ball, twinkle toes, he expresses himself. Everyone loves it. Like, oh, he's because he's completely different to what they're used to. And the fact that Anthony's doing skills where certain players will hurt their backs if they were trying to attempt it. There's, it's like the old school players are living still in the past. Like, like you said, like even Ronaldo, where like Paul scores or whatever, Ronaldo was doing tricky skills, like doing, Nani was doing kickups. Go against mm. Arsenal, going back. I didn't hear him speak once about it. Like they pick and shoot because I, I, I think I think why people say that is because of the score. They're like, oh, it was nil nil. Need to put in a good ball in, uh, but he did it. He just spun around on the ball and lost it. That's why people are saying it. It's like, firstly, they look at the score and then they look at why he messed up the pass and they're like, all right, he did that skill, but nothing came out of it. Oh, he shouldn't do it again. I think that's what that's why it was because when Ronaldo was doing it and like Nani, I think I remember watching it recently. It was like four 0 at that time. So they're like, "Oh, do whatever you want." But as I said, you can't pick and choose moments, man. Me personally, yeah. The thing is, where I sit, and I saw uh, Faisal's tweet, who's obviously a friend of the STS pod and also ours, and he said, "I'm curious if Foden or Grealish did what Anthony did. Do you reckon the pundits would react the same, or would they praise him?" for having fun. For Dumo, you're in the football space. Um, not to throw you under the bus, but I'm definitely throwing you under the bus. Um, do you think if Grealish, Foden, that type of character, that kind of profile, media darlings, if you like, yeah. do that trick, do you think mm. we have the same level of like, I don't know what, I don't even know what the it's word for it yeah, is. Yeah, I guess comment. I think, I think it's one of two things. One, I think United aren't exactly in the most, they're in a difficult position as it is. It's a game they're not winning in that moment in time. So it's kind of seen as like, yes, it's fun, but there's also no need to do it, which is one argument. But I think the one that I think most people agree with is like the Antonis, the Ronaldos, the Messis, the Neymars, they're all from, you know, countries where those type of skills and assets and style of play are celebrated. Like, let's be honest, most young kids now are doing that or or they're either saying they want to be the next Ronaldo, the next Messi, or they want to practice these type of skills. So I think, um, and English, from what I remember, English footballers aren't known for those type of skills. That's not what really comes to mind when you think of an English footballer. So my my thing would even be like, Phil Foden wouldn't even be doing that to begin with, just because unless he'd been inspired by those type of footballers since. So I think, I don't know, I think it's a, it's probably been taken way out of context. It's just someone having a bit of fun. And again, like you said, just... Uh, me personally? I think, I think it's actually, I think it's something, sorry to interrupt you, I think it's something even wider than that. Because I feel that, in especially in the English game, individuality is very like, it's, it's taken out. Like it's, everything is collective, everything is team. The moment you start to try and do things for yourself, not just the skill, but like, like imagine reactions when you had coloured boots in the early two mm-hmm. thousands. Like how people would have reacted, or certain things like starting business ventures outside of football. Like how people would have reacted. Like when David Beckham did that kind of stuff. Like he was he was seen as like I don't know a black sheep or something that something that he should be like focusing on football and nothing else. And we could even speak about Marcus Rashford doing all his stuff about like the free school meals and stuff and like everything in this country is tailored towards all right you focus on your football and that's it but your football career lasts 15 20 years and there's more to life than football Mm. and you need to set yourself in opportunity or you need to set yourself up in ways where you can progress and live a life without football even like Pogba's hairstyle thing you remember when Pogba and then Phil Foden got his and he was called Gascoigne so it's like it's so many different like, individuality is really taken out of English football, and I don't like that. 
I think it's a very English culture of like that whole like stiff upper lip, like you've got to dress the same, do the same, be the same. And if you're not, if you're outside of that, like someone will say something. That's why I think Anthony doing what it is, it's kind of, it's not that deep. And also if you, if you actually go on Twitter, the only people really mad about it are people in the world of football who have the space to talk about this, who are given the limelight to talk about. Nobody else is really mad about it. Like everyone else is kind of just either laughing about it or maybe laughing at him for losing the ball. But no one's really that mad about it. The only person that could really be mad is Eric Ten Hag as the manager, really. But he's seen him do it at Ajax. So it's like, if he's not annoyed at it, I don't know why anyone else should be angry at the skill he did, me personally. He, I mean, Eric Ten Hag even said after the game, like, I'm, and that's how Anthony plays, so I'm more than happy for him to do it. Me personally, I just think... Um, it's a young Brazilian guy who's loving life and they're playing Sheriff in a in a Europa League game that they know they're gonna win. Um and I think that's it. Like for me, I was like, that's I do I do definitely think that if that is a different profile of person, um, the media don't hammer them that badly. But that's just me personally. Um before we love you and leave you, as always, we're gonna leave you with an icebreaker, which is essentially a question we ask you guys. Um that you then put on socials and then we get your thoughts and we talk about the icebreaker at the start of the next episode. Uh, this week's icebreaker is probably my favourite so far because the producers didn't come up with it. I came up with it. So this is this one. This week's icebreaker is who is the most replaceable out of that Barcelona midfield trio of Busquets, Xavi and Iniesta? Just very quickly while I've got you through here. Stars, give me uh, your I read, player. I closed my phone so quick. I do not want to see Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a hard one. I don't think Iniesta can be replaced. Uh, Busquets is hot. You can't replace anyone with Busquets. Maybe the only person, maybe Rodri. And who do you replace Xavi with? You know, for me, you know, when it comes to this question, I don't think Xavi's replaceable. <sighs> Xavi, for Xavi's a lot of my... people, is their best midfielder ever, you know? He's mine. He's mine. There you go. Well, I, I understand it because you can find players that could do similar things. Like for so me, cool. it, oh, it's a wild, it's a wild take. But I think, me personally, you can play Bernardo Silva in that Iniesta spot <sighs> to an extent. To an extent, I'm not saying he'll slot in easy, but similar playing style kind of thing. Like I think Bernardo Silva could slip in there. Oh. It's so difficult. It's a hard question. to say, but I don't know, man. It's I, no, no, no. Hey, no, but stop doing this. This is a this is an answer. No, no, but this is an answer for your next guest. Stop putting us under the bus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a hard question to answer. Now people yeah. Yeah. for going. Oh yeah, Bernardo Silva. He said Bernardo Silva said it yesterday. I did not say that, guys. The view. Is what I think. Hey, you know. <laughs> You know that's what we're putting out, though, isn't it? You know that. You know that's what we're going to say. Hey, this guy said, but I still was better than yesterday if you played at Barcelona. I'm like, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> um, Fadugo, if you had to pick one, who are you ditching? Mm. Oh. Struggling. For me, guys, for me, it's Iniesta. I'll just put it out there. Oh, I'll leave I my mind up, so. it's Iniesta. I'll go be a Xavi. Even though I think Xavi's the best. But who could you replace Xavi with in that, in that system? Uh, so you need someone that can pass the ball loads and that is always on, like, the swivel. Uh, um, I'm going to say... No, 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 not Sesc. I will say Thiago. Ah, uh, not for me, you know. Xavi was... No. Like, as Thiago is... One of these players that, um, like, how do I describe Thiago? He's one of these players that you fall in love with because of the way he does things. Whereas Xavi was just, everything was crisp and on point yeah. every single time. Whereas Thiago can be loose. Um, I don't know, man. It's hard. It's so hard. I, I, one thing I'm going to say is I'm very happy Busquets, Busquets' name has not been dragged out here because he's the one that's irreplaceable for me. You cannot no, replace that brother. He created that position, man. 
Yeah, he did. He did. And I don't think there's been a holding midfielder. I don't think he's really just a holding midfielder who transitions the ball as well as he does. He can, can control. You say, can you not say maybe Pep? Not maybe as well as him, but. Pep yeah, but do. what Busquets did in that position, like Pep was a holding midfielder who could transition the ball to an extent. What Busquets done in that position is like he can take you anywhere on a pitch in little glimpses without moving. It, okay. it, what he is is a, he's a weird weird bloke man if I saw him on the street I wouldn't think he's a footballer he's a volleyball player um, <laughs> right that is all we have time for because we are uh, currently at 8 minutes to midnight on a Sunday night Vadumo has um, her mother asking her to do something for her so I apologise openly to Mumsy in case you don't believe me uh, play the pod tour when it's out on Tuesday <laughs> I'll let her know I said I'm really sorry um, guys thank you very much for joining me I know it's late I appreciate your time um, absolutely love doing the pod. If you guys at home enjoyed it, then make sure you give it the stars and all of that. Uh, and we will catch you on the next one. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.